When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Jesuitical, a podcast by the young, hip, and lay editors of America Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. And welcome to a special bonus episode of the podcast. We are continuing our series on parish life here in the United States on the back of America's brand new groundbreaking documentary, People of God, How Catholic Parish Life is Changing in the United States, which you can watch now. It's again, americamagazine.org slash people of God. And you can go back and listen to our other conversations about parish life, which are also in your feed. And I am joined again by Father Jim McDermott, Sebastian Gomes, and my usual co-host, Ashley McKinless. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thanks, Thank, Thank you. Sebastian, how does it feel to be carrying all of Jesuitical on your shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> Heavy lies the crown. <laughs> I appreciate you more, Ashley McKinless. <laughs> you have to do this with Zach every week? Oh, my God. What? I know. It's brutal. You guys are getting a glimpse into the sufferings of Ashley. Sebastian, I'm wondering if you could introduce us to this last parish that we haven't talked about yet in Cutoff, Louisiana. Sure. So it was really important for us to go to a place that was in the South, first of all, because uh, you might have noticed a trend that each of the four parishes that we visited are in different regions of the country. So we went to one in the Northeast in Boston, one to the Midwest in Green Bay, Wisconsin, one in the Southwest in Phoenix, Arizona, and then this one, which is in the Southern part of Louisiana, down the bayou, as they say, toward the Gulf in Cutoff, Louisiana. And one of the realities that we discovered in this parish was the fact that they were recovering from a pretty traumatic climate change disaster recently. Hurricane Ida uh, decimated that, that part of the country at the end of August of 2021. And what we found is doing some research is that like 40% of Americans uh, live in a county that was affected by a climate disaster. It wasn't always a hurricane as as kind of terrible as Ida uh, across the country, but fires, floods, tornadoes, whatever it is, this is a new reality for people. And and some of those Americans are Catholics who belong to parishes. So we wanted to, you know, go and tell the story of a, of a parish that's in the South try to capture some of the some of the pastoral priorities that they have, some of the challenges that they're facing. But the big one that we discovered was uh, an attempted recovery from a pretty devastating hurricane. So what was um, the reality on the ground? So hurricane happens, people are evacuated, and they come back. And what's the state of the church at that point? Yeah, it was really, uh, really, really traumatic for for the people. Uh, everybody was affected. That's one thing that we heard across the board, right? It was, it was sort, of, sort of like we're, we're all in the same boat on this. And then suddenly it's like, well, where do we go from here? Okay. And what happened in this, you know, historically Catholic area uh, is that everybody kind of looked to the parish, you know? And so when houses were destroyed, when businesses were destroyed, when the power was off, the church, thank God, the local parish church had a generator, uh, but everybody sort of went back to church and that became a gathering place. And the protagonists in this part of the film talk about how it, it became like an anchor, like it became a source of hope and a place where people could gather, where people could grieve, 
uh, thanks be to God, nobody died um, in in that area or because of the hurricane um, that hit that area. But that's that's what parish life was for in that moment, right? Like it was it was the only place that could bring people together through that traumatic experience. I, I found that really interesting. Just the just the sense that I mean, it was providential, right? That the church itself didn't get blown down, blown down, or something like that. But then that it would actually become this sort of meeting place. It's just a very different experience of church or a different aspect uh, that I, you don't often see, I guess, because we're not used to that kind of a disaster that would affect everyone. And this is like, again, in like a rural part of the country. So like we talked about um, the parish clustering dynamic that's happening in in uh, the rural parish and outside of Green Bay that we talked about previously in one of these conversations. Um, and so they're dealing with a lot of the same challenges that some rural, but not only rural, but some a lot of rural parishes are facing, which is like aging communities, not a lot of young people like coming back to church. And so they're struggling with like, okay, how do we do this? How do we sustain this? What is this? Who are we as a parish? That type of thing. And so like day to day, it can feel like the church is becoming less and less relevant. And then disaster strikes and suddenly it's the most relevant thing. It's like in every horror movie when um, you know, people are ambivalent about religion, and the second there's a an, a, a demon around, it's like, oh, gotta call up the Catholic Church. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they know how to do exorcisms. <laughs> Definitely gonna get them up. But no, it's it's an important reminder that like, um, and it you know, I I remember after um nine eleven for example, right? Like all of a sudden people like you hear priests talk about like I knew I had to just go unlock the church doors because I knew this is where people were going to want to gather and be. And and in those moments of crisis, the, the church really can be sort of on the front lines, both spiritually, and that's sort of what that alludes to, but also uh, materially, right? I, it's, I know the parish in, in Cutoff, they had a generator, right? And so that, that was brought over. So when everyone didn't have power, right, they could come to the parish to get some of that. And, and some relief came to the whole community through the parish by way of another parish. So there was like a truck that was sent from another parish, I think in Mississippi, uh, with just tons and tons of supplies to the parish church because they knew that people were gathering at the parish church. They were they needed food, they needed water, they needed baby supplies, that type of thing. Uh, and so relief came from another parish. So, I have to admit, when that when that was revealed, it just completely wrecked me emotionally. <laughs> like I had to stop for a minute and just you know clear my eyes because that was a very very touching. I thought. Yeah, and I think that like this like kind of raises a, a, an interesting question for us in the film and in these broader conversations that we're hoping that people will have about parish life today, which is what is like a parish for, you know? And sometimes like through the most traumatic experiences in life, you reconnect with something or you remember why something is there and why you've committed to it and, or why it's, you know, you still feel a part of it in some way. And so I think that's like a good point of departure for then kind of exploring, like, what does that mean then for us and for parish life across the country? Yeah, shifting maybe a, a little more broadly. So looking back at, uh, at the in entire film, I'm wondering what are people's reflections about that specifically? Like, how do we feel about the the general health of the parish model in in the United States today? So a small question, just like a yes, if you could just like <laughs> solve that. I mean, it's so hard as an individual Catholic, unless you have driven across the country and gone to a lot of the different parishes, I can really only base my answer off of my experience of parish life. And for me, and this kind of connects to the film, is obviously it's the place I go for the sacraments, but it's also one of the few places in my life where I'm going and being with people from very different walks of life than myself, different ages, um, different backgrounds. And 
And I think that's like one of the key ancillary reasons for parish life and why I'm ambivalent about the idea of like parish shopping or digital parish communities, because it's one of the places where like you don't get to choose who's sitting next to you. And I think that's a really important thing um, just as a person and as a Catholic. That's a really good point. Like I can't think of many other examples like in our society today where like if you think about like let's say you move to an area and it's like, okay, I'm a Catholic. Where am I going to go to church? And oftentimes it's like, I'll just go to the one that's closest. And you can, because the thing that like connects you to all those people is like much more important than all the things that you're talking about, right? Like, like you're, where, where you're from, what you believe politically, your, your uh, level of education, what's your salary versus what, you know, where this person's salary is. Like none of that stuff matters in a way, right? And that's, that's like one of the last places I would imagine in society where you can, you can have that. One of the last places implies that that type of place is, is dying. And I think, I think yeah. it is, right? And I think that expecting the parish to still serve it as that is, is, is a bit unrealistic. And in, in some ways, I think we still have this idea that parish should, should be, are you guys familiar with like the third place theory? Where it's like no. you have you have your first place, which is home. You have your second place where you spend most of your time, which is work. And your third place is where like real community building happens that sort of connects you to something beyond those other two places. So it could be um, your bowling league. It could be your, your dive bar. And for a lot of times, for a lot of people, it was the church. Um, it was their local parish. And so that's why we have like all the, why we have parish halls, why we have places where you could like have a, a celebration. It's why we have like social services that are run out of churches. I don't know. There's like it, it was much more of a social gathering place. Uh, and as we as a country have become just more like let, frankly, like less social, we be, we've become a lot more isolated. Um, we're seeing that model just kind of like stutter and hit some road bumps, I think. You know, for me, I think one of the things that really I, I learned from this documentary that and what excited me was just the notion of parish as connected to needs, like we're talking about in this segment. Like I, I, my first year as a priest, I worked in a parish and great people, wonderful liturgy. But I found that oftentimes people could get lost in things that seem to have nothing to do with anything important. Like there was a huge argument that went on a lot of the year about whether or not babies should be baptized wearing diapers. And it was a really significant argument. And I thought, what is this place? Like what? But I think every parish will tell you stories like that where- You should get... have the key to the kitchen. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> guess, yeah, like... Exactly. And you just think, this is not what I signed up for or what we're here to do. But in a moment of need, whether it's uh, the climate crisis or it's I'm, I've just come across the border and, or I have been across the border for a while and I don't know what to do or my husband has just been deported, that the church makes so much sense at that moment that it's it, it's not only that it, it provides a place, but that it wants to respond, that we're sort of built to be there for people and be like, be like Christ in that moment. I just think it's an interesting way to think about it. It's that frontline worker that Pope Francis has talked about in the past, that, that we're really there to be there spiritually as well as materially sometimes. So it sounds like, I, I imagine, Zach, you would not disagree that that's what church is for, but maybe just not what the parish can be anymore. Exactly. So like, when we say that, like the church does do a lot of frontline work through Catholic charities. We educate people in Catholic schools and Catholic universities. We, we, we do a lot of, I mean, like, frankly, my primary experience of church as a young adult Catholic is not at my parish level. I'm great. I, I go to a great parish and I love it, but like my job is my primary experience of the church. And I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing, but most people 
like their their only conception of what the church is or what it does is is it's oh parish level right like boom that's it and i don't know that like we've done a good enough job of just like e- exposing people to other other apostolates frankly like oh like maybe a parish can't be like the community's like social service center right it doesn't mean the church shouldn't do it right the church should definitely be there providing those needs does it need to be connected to this place where i also get the sacraments and maybe maybe the answer to that is yes but i'm certainly like the the film at least raised that question for me yeah absolutely and it, it like it triggers the question in my mind of like okay so what are the actual basics and like necessary characteristics or qualities of a parish community and if you think back to like the early church it's like I think of Peter's great speech. Like everybody's like, "Oh my God! Like, what do we do? Like, we've just heard you guys preaching about this. This is an amazing thing. What do we do?" And he says those famous words, right? Repent and be baptized. In other words, like become a part of the community, right? Join the community. So it, very much in the and then and what's the community gathered around? It's the breaking of the bread, right, and the sharing of the cup. So that's the most important thing. How do we celebrate the sacraments together? And what does it mean to actually be a community? The question of community is is really interesting to me because. I feel like community is not something that you know is missing unless you've experienced it personally, if that makes sense. So I like I remember I was educated by the Benedictines, uh, nothing against the Jesuits. I'm happy to be working with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but the Benedictines- That explains a lot. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Benedictines, right, take this vow of stability. The, the, the value of community is like ingrained into their charism, into their spirituality, right? That's so important. Welcome all as Christ. How do we you know, be a community together? And so I, when I went to a Benedictine university, I felt that. And I was like, this is a community. And then I left- my university bubble and went out into the real world. And like, you know, when I moved to a new city or something and I go to the local parish and I'm like, there's no community here. Like we're celebrating the sacraments, but I don't feel like I'm part of a community. So I think a lot of people in parish life have just gotten used to the way things are without being like, am I actually like feeling like there's a communal element to this, which is the initial charism of the church in the very first moments of its birth, right? So like that's a big question for me. Your experience at a college is not like one to be discounted or 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 disvalued, right? Like you 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 found community through the capital C church <laughs> in a context that was not connected to a parish, right? And so that yeah. shows that there are different ways of doing this. And that for me is really exciting. I because I think like the story of parishes in the United States is like it's just like challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge to like get things off the ground even where even in the places where we're, things are growing and i i wonder if we're like we're pushing a, a boulder up up a hill a little bit with well this. so what do you what is a i know you want less parishes but, <laughs> but at the parishes that survive your your revival <laughs> what is it for is it just the sacraments maybe and I don't okay. think there's anything wrong with that, okay. right? Or we shouldn't be afraid of if that that is the answer, right? I think in truth, like I, this is half-baked for sure. Like I think you have too many parishes trying to be all things to all people. And where you find lots of success is they recognize the niche that is not being filled in the community, like, and and they kind of exploit it, right? So maybe some places like it's, I don't know, like to take New York, for example, like you've got the young adult parish, you've got the parish that's connected to the soup kitchen, you've got St. Francis of Assisi that you know you can go to for confession at any time, right? They've got, they've kind of got that working around the clock. You might have a parish that is a particular like style of liturgy that you are, are really into. And maybe like you, whether it's, super Latin mass or a little bit more like 
progressive in that area. And I think places need to maybe be okay with like leaning into that a little bit. And, and, and this is probably only realistic for urban areas, right? Where you can have a place where you can shop and drive around. Um, I For the places where you might have to drive an hour or two to get to mass, like I, I don't have a lot of answers. And so- Well, at least maybe like the, the parish should make an effort or could make an effort to reflect the community that makes it up. Mm -hmm. So like, what do the actual people who are showing up for mass want that community to be instead of like, it sort of is what it is and everybody conforms to the way it's always been. Or it is what it is for this pastor. I mean, that's the thing you hear about is a new pastor comes in and then says, well, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want this song played at funerals because I just don't like that song. It's like, well, that's a weird that's a weird sense of what a parish is actually. Sure. It's sort yeah. of like it's the priest's house and then you're visiting. That's a whole other de- level yeah. of yes. complexity. Well, and it's yes, not even, it it's not it even the priest too because, right, like you it, might have absolutely. a non-clericalist priest plugged into a parish structure that is quite clericalist. Like I think we've yeah. all met parish secretaries that are quite clerical, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to be frank. And so I, I, I think that- Or uh, a liturgy director comes in and suddenly uh-huh. it's all organ music and forget the guitars. Yep. It's like, wow, okay. I, so we we found a way to like, I don't know, I just, the church existed before a parochial structure and I think it will exist after. Um, but lots of questions about, you know, where we want to, where we want to go, or where we want to take this thing. And as your documentary reflected, Sebastian, like there's a lot of cool creative stuff happening on the ground, right? There's like pathways we haven't even thought about. And I think like the most important thing for me is that like, you're at least open to asking some of these questions now. That was the point mm-hmm. of the film, right? To like tell a bunch of real stories. This is not like us like opining from New York City about the way the church is in the United States. These are real people with real faith telling their stories. And from that emerges all of these questions that we've been talking about. And they're very, very important questions for all of us who belong to a parish to discuss. So I'm just hoping that the that the film becomes a tool for, you know, having some of these really interesting conversations because that's encountering the problem, facing the problem, and then asking the question is part of the path toward the solution to many of the challenges. Well, I, I'll say mission accomplished, at least for the four of us, right? Yeah. Like I've really enjoyed Beautiful. I've really enjoyed talking about some of these things with all of you. If you enjoyed this conversation, please go back and listen to our other three. You can do that in your feed. But also, please, please, if you haven't yet, go watch the film. It's it's really beautiful. I'm, I've said this to you privately many times, but like you and the team. I want to hear it publicly. Pr- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Public praise is important. No, but you and the team spent a, like more than a year on this. Like you should be really proud. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. And everyone can watch it at americamagazine.org slash people of God. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Jesuitical is produced by Sebastian Gomes with production assistance from Kevin Jackson and Cristobal Spielman. Our sound engineer is Kevin Christopher Robles. Faith Formation provided by Father Eric Sundrup. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesuitical Show. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Jesuitical. Please subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, leave us a review. Jesuitical is recorded in the William J. Loeschert Studio at America Media in New York City. For America Media, I'm Ashley McKinless with Zach Davis. We'll see you next week.